Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is John Leonard. I'm chairman of the Milton Board of Appeals. Uh, this is the uh, October 3rd, 2022 uh, decisional meeting of the board uh, at uh, two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, present uh, with us is uh, obviously the uh, clerk of the Board of Appeals, Crystal uh, uh, Rich, and we have uh, Giselle Joffer, and we have uh, uh, Brian Conley, and we have a trustee and indispensable uh, assistance, Judy Barrett. So uh, we're, we're here. This is, I think, our third decisional meeting, and Judy has uh, submitted uh, another draft in the uh, redline version of that uh, draft decision after conferring with a couple of our experts and um, chasing down some of the additional questions that we asked her. So, uh, Judy, do you want to uh, pick up the ball and uh, Tell us where we are and uh, sure. where, so, where should we go. So for purposes of this part of the meeting, I think I'll refer to the red line because it's a little easier for me to just flip through and sort of tell you what I changed. Um, and then if you prefer, uh, we could just switch to the clean version and let me know if there's any last changes that you want me to make. Um, oh, here's Tim. So I sent the decision to Tim and Sean and Cliff and Cliff did get me back a few comments and they were helpful. I mean, they're, they're, they sort of look minor, but they're, they're not. Um, I didn't hear from Sean. I didn't expect to, cause I'd already talked through this decision with him before I sent it to you. Um, and so, you know, I, I think really for the most part, what you're going to see here is, is tweaking. Um, the you had asked uh, maybe just go to the conditions for example uh, we had just talked last time about whether the board wanted to sort of assert itself and suggest making one uh, requiring at least one of the the duplex units to be affordable and i thought rather than step into what i can tell you right now is the subsidizing agency's jurisdiction maybe it would be better to word it a little bit differently and say that um, in a section we already have where we're saying they have to be interspersed evenly throughout the project, that I would just add a statement and including all unit types and sizes and just say it like that. Um, because I think you, I mean, it's, it's saying what you wanted to say, but I think it may be a little bit less disturbing uh, from a jurisdictional point of view. I could be wrong. You know, the subsidizing agency may get back to you and say, this this isn't your jurisdiction, but let them do that. I, I don't need to do that, but they might. Just warning you. All right. I, I think I'm okay with that, Judy. I mean, it's it's just they're each divisible by four, so it seems like there's no likelihood there's going to be another outcome, right? right? So I think I think that I I think that's a fine approach. I mean, I would be a little surprised if mass housing allowed them to have a unit type like that and not require one to be affordable. But I don't make those decisions. Um, I know they've pushed back with some developers and other projects about wanting to maybe keep some units out of the affordable mix and they were not allowed to do it. So we'll see. And Judy, can, can you direct me to that language yes. and or share the document, please? Oh, I can. Why don't I just screen share it? Is that all right? That'd be great. Thanks. That's where my brain is. Pardon me. Um, I think this is the correct version. Can you see that? Yes, thank you very much. 
Yeah, sorry, Giselle. I don't know where my brain is. No, not at all. I had it up, but I, you know, it's just easier, I think. So that language in question is on page seven. It's A5. Brian had asked at the last meeting, can we just say including one of the four bedroom units? And I thought, I think it may be just better to word it this way. Um, so that's what I did. Now, you know, it's up to the board, but but that was what I thought might be the better way to go. Now, some of this red line you're seeing in here is from the previous versions. I didn't try to just accept it. Some of it was just because I had taken notes in the last meeting. Um, so I needed to sort of get it into the document in a format that was actually part of a condition as opposed to just a note to myself. So um, I've tried to do that. You know, for example, A6, um, I think Brian, you had asked for more specificity. Yeah, so just on A5, I'm hearing you just before we get off the, the the dispersal of the affordable units. So I think you're advising us to defer to the subsidizing agency. Um, and I think the language shows, but, but is there any reason at the end we couldn't just say with the board's expectation being that three of the two bedroom units and one of the four bedroom units will be restricted as affordable? I could say, I could add a sentence that says it is the board's expectation that. Right, because I, I think that that's, so I think that it, oh, that is our expectation and I think would be our requirement. Although I think you're advising us not to make it a strict requirement because of the. Well, I did make it a requirement. Um, I yeah. said. Yeah. Affordable units shall be interspersed throughout the project, yeah. including all unit types and sizes. That's how I chose to say it, because that's now including all the unit types that are in the project. Yeah, so I think, um, I guess the simple way I think about it is three of the two bedroom units would be affordable and one of the four bedrooms would be affordable. I don't disagree with you. Yeah, so I was, uh, that's, if you're telling me that's a bad idea, I'm happy to hear from your experience, so... The worst that's going to happen is that the subsidizing agency is going to get back to you and say you can't do that. I mean, if the applicant appealed this to the HAC, I would just be shocked, but that's me. So how do you want to say this? It's the board's expectation that what? Uh, that three of the two bedroom units. And one of the four bedroom units would be um, would be affordable units. And I'm sure that the agreement will deal with floating and whatnot, but just um, uh, just ensuring I think the prior and that's that's fine. The point is just to make sure that there's one of the four bedrooms is always available for a family that qualifies. Yep, agreed. Um, so I made this parking reference a little more specific for the last discussion we had. Um, so I have a thought on that. Can we sure. say and at least one space as opposed to and the space? Good. Julie, something else that occurred to me, and I think I had said to say 16 spaces are assigned. I think we should probably say 16 surface spaces um, because I, if I have it right, there are four garage spaces, right? And I, and then I'm uh, a Matt. Well, maybe we should discuss it. I'm imagining that the four dri driveway surface spaces would probably get assigned to the four units. 
right? So I think there's 26 surface spaces in four garage spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe we've tied them too tightly if we say 16, only 16 are assigned because I imagine they're going to want to assign both the garage space and the driveway outside the garage to the unit. Are you following me? Um, so, not exactly, not entirely. So if you can picture the, the, the parking lot, there are, um, let me think, I think there are 22 spaces that run along the townhouses. Mm -hmm. And then I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there are four parking garage spaces. Mm -hmm. And then there are four parking spaces that are right in front of the garages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I All see. Right. So it, I'm guessing the proponent might want to assign the parking spaces that are outside the garages to that same unit. Sure. Right. So that those aren't, you know, blocking in garages. Yeah. And then that leaves um, the other 12 units that. I assume they're going to want to be able to assign one space for each unit, right? So I think that that means 16, this is why I think 16 of the surface spaces would be assigned, no more than 16 of the surface spaces are assigned, right? The Which allows them, um, so I, th I think what that finally means is before garage spaces, 16 surface spaces assigned, one, at least one delivery space and then nine floating spaces is what, what that would mean. So I think only only added I think is to add surface, but that was I, just I think a, a unintendedly too um, stringent on what I had said last time. Okay. So I just inserted surface parking spaces. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Okay. Shall I go on? Thank you. Yes. yes. Um, you had asked me to add the planning director to the list of parties receiving copies of correspondence to the board, which I did. Um, there are no other changes on page eight. There are no pages on changes on page nine. Um, you had asked on B5, this is where we refer to the side monitoring agreement, the one that kicks in after the subsidizing agency disappears. Um, you had suggested maybe getting rid of the requirement that it somehow come from the select board and just say within 90 days of the issuance of the final permit or final certificate of occupancy, the applicant shall. So it puts it on the applicant to do it. I thought, um, I remember asking about this and I, I thought what we left it was to be consistent with what we had been doing in other decisions. Um, maybe well, I'm remembering this wrong. You, but, you you did, but then you seem to want to have it have it this way instead. So I changed it. I I can go back. It's fine. I mean, do, do you know does 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 the town have a perspective on whether they want this to be mandatory or whether the town wants the discretion to request I, it? Frankly, I think it's a jurisdictional issue. You know, should you be putting stuff in this decision that essentially requires the select board to do something? Because they're the ones who have the authority to assign an agreement with the property owner around something like this, a monitoring agreement. That's not the Board of Appeals, it's the select board. So, I mean, maybe Tim, maybe I can, I don't know, see, do you have any a point of view on this? Do you think we should make this a requirement or is this um, something we should sort of leave open for the town to decide later? What, what, what exactly is the issue here? Because um, all I'm thinking is 
um, I want the I want the applicant to be coming to us with stuff right. that they have to do rather than me have to chase after them. That's my main priority. Right. Yeah. So I think that, and Judy, correct me if I have this wrong. So there'll be the the regulatory agreement with the subsidizing agency, right? Yes. BCD. Yeah. And um, and we're not the town's not a party to that contract. But the provision here contemplates that if the town wants to be or have its own agreement that imposes the rules around the affordability, the town could have its own regulatory agreement. That's correct. And the benefit for the town, I suppose, is that if the if the owner and the state subsidizing agency um, wanted to change the terms of the regulatory agreement, um, the town would uh, have a seat at that, at that table because it would also have its own agreement. That would be a reason why your agreement kicks to. in after the subsidizing agency's agreement expires. Um, when is that? Is that exhibit, C, exhibit C is the agreement that the town and the developer would be entering into. That's already written. So let me let me play this out for you. As part of the final approval process at Mass Housing, the developer is going to have to enter into a regulatory agreement with Mass Housing that is a compliance instrument. It gets recorded with the Registry of Deeds. It's where, it's where the developer's obligations to provide affordable housing and what that means and how that's determined are written into the agreement with Mass Housing and that the developer has an obligation to report, um, you know, to, to maintain records sufficient to show that the affordable units have been rented to eligible people at rents they can afford. It's really that simple. Um, and as part of that, the developer is uh, also paying some sort of fee to mass housing. I don't know what it is uh, for mass housing to have their own monitoring people overseeing that annual rent recertification process. So somebody, somebody's going to know what's going on. When mass housing's agreement expires, there's nothing in place unless the town enters into a separate regulatory agreement with the applicant. That's what exhibit C is. So the reason this is customarily worded as if requested by the select board is because it's up to the select board to enter into an agreement that essentially places kind of a, a restriction, if you will, on, on real estate. That's their, that's their jurisdiction, it's not yours. So that's why it's always sort of been you know, up to them. But the terms of that agreement are in this permit. So if Mass Housing wants to go change the terms of their regulatory agreement, they're free to do that. You don't have any control over that. But Exhibit C says what the town is going to expect as its regulatory agreement when Mass Housing disappears. That's how this works. I thought that where we landed was you were going to put an obligation on the applicant to notify That's right. the select board to give them time to decide. Okay, so I may have misunderstood what you wanted to do here. So I'm going to ask you to help me with the wording that you want to have. Do you want to say the applicant shall notify the select board or contact yeah. the select board? Okay. Um, I think, right, like upon the issuance of the final certificate of occupancy, mm -hmm. the applicant shall notify 
the select board? Yeah, I don't know that it goes there though. Probably at the start. I think you're right, Giselle. Yeah. I don't understand that because it's the sentence starts with within 90 days of the issuance of the final CO. Right, but I think what needs to happen within 90 days is a decision needs to be made. So, you know, I'm making this up. Within three days of the issuance of the final certificate of occupancy, the applicant shall notify the select board that it has 90 days to require. Hold on. Is that what you wanted to see? Can you read that all right? If I got that big enough for you to see? Yeah, I can see it. Okay. I can see it too. But what I'm proposing is that we, we actually have a pre-requirement that the applicant notify the select board. That's what I think I've just done within three days of the issuance of the final certificate of occupancy. Oh, sorry, you're right, yeah. Okay. I know it's confusing with all this red line. That it has 90 days to enter into. Yeah, and, and this is all I'm talking about here where, you know, if, if I knew that this was, you know, June 1st, 2024, I put it in my calendar and I put it in everyone's calendar, but just because, you know, who knows when a building permit gets issued, who knows when this, you know, so it's good to just have them, you know, be responsible for reminding us that, that we have the option to do this, which, which I think we will probably avail ourselves of, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. So Tim, that the, uh, just to be clear, the others are not written this way. So um, the applicant isn't going to be pinged to, you know, to notify anybody. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on my to-do list every day sorry. from now until the end of my career. <laughs> <laughs> and do I think it's the board has 90 days to elect to require the um, the applicants to enter an agreement, right? It's not a duty on the board to do it. Yeah, that's good. Did so you want to add that has 90 days. You, you just wrote 90 days too. It's 90 days um, to elect to require the applicant to enter. I think we're making this too wordy. I, to go for it, trust me, elect to um, require the applicants to enter. And then we're done. Okay. And, and right, so I need to defer to your experience here. Um, so look, I, I see exhibit, in my mind, the town would have its own duplicative affordable housing restriction that it could enforce. That is, that is the agreement that's in all the other permits. Okay. That is the one that has been approved by the subsidizing agencies. You, you should know there's been some HAC activity around this. That is the agreement that the subsidizing agencies have said they will accept. They, they won't accept. They will, they are okay with that. There's been a question as to whether yeah. towns can even do this. Have a duplicative affordability yes. restriction. Yes. yes. It's okay. not duplicative. It's the one that kicks in after mass. Yeah, no, no, I, right here. I think what you're telling me, I, I guess what I was getting, I thought we, the town would like one. We would like one that we could enforce from day one. Yeah, no, they won't let you do that. And you're saying that the housing appeals committee and DC won't let us have one. So That's the correct. best we can do is one that comes into effect when the subsidizing agency loan expires. That's okay. correct. 
That is correct. Judy, what's the term of the subsidizing agency's agreement? I think it's typically 30 years. 30 years, okay. I think so. For this program, I think it's 30. It'll be in a regulatory agreement, Tim, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Could be less. You know, it's disturbing um, that when towns don't have this in place. Are you okay with this? Can we move on? Yes, I am. Um, I don't know if I got this right. This was where I'm, I'm on page 11. I'm on number two. Provide to the building inspector, planning director, and all abutters and abutters to those abutters, wh whether on, across, or behind Amor Road, of its intention to begin work not less than one week prior to the start of construction activities. Yeah, so I think we that is what we discussed. What was on my mind is I know we had at least one neighbor who's across the street diagonally, and I really want to make sure she gets noticed. And I'm I'm not sure if this does it, but I think that it was expressed as a concern when we get into sort of like distance radiuses about how they know. So if yeah. your if your advice is we can't do that, then I, I thought another thing we could say then is um, uh, can we also say to the abutters, the abutters, the abutters, and can we also require notice to the Milton Southwest Neighborhood Association? Is that a formal group? That's who provided comments to us during the public hearing process. Do we have contact information for them? We do. We have formal letter, but I, I would think we could even send it care of their council who submitted on the record, um, you know, suggested, suggested modifications and conditions. And so it's the what and the what Southwest? It was what? The, the Milton Southwest Neighborhood Association. So Brian, just uh, just just for everyone's reference, um, we, we typically send abutters notices within a 300 foot yeah. um, radius. So that captures that captures obviously the abutters with shared property lines. It captures the three houses across the street on Angel yeah. Road, and then the three houses, you know, including that corner parcel um, at the corner of Amor and Brush yeah. Hill. It, it, so. Yes, three houses down Brush Hill Road, plus the two houses across the street. I, I think I think it captures a butters. Yeah, we're, so we're, I, I would love that. If we could just say a butters and a butters to a butters within 300 feet, then I'm good. But I, I thought I was told that was not okay. So I'm just no, trying to I find. No, I didn't mean that. I, uh, that's not what I meant. Yeah, so if we want to add 300 feet, that's great. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find words that just achieve all these people who participated in our process, getting the one week heads up at the project starting. That's the goal I have. So then we take out the um, Milton Southwest Neighborhood Association. I, I don't know. I, I mean, is there? Um, seems like it's an easy request for us to ask them to be notified. Or any reason not to include them? Can 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 we just include language like through their council or, or something? Sure. Just because, yeah. like I said, I don't. Yeah. I don't have I don't have an email or a phone number for this organization. Um, but we know who their who their attorney is. Okay. That's great. Thank you. No problem. 
So I've tried to correct the reference to this plan to be landscaping and tree preservation plan throughout. Um, subject to approval of the planning director, which the board had asked for last time, um, identifying all trees to be preserved, et cetera. This is pretty much what you had asked for at the last. Right. Uh, I put $5,000 in here for retaining. Judy, Judy, just, um, just in, in that, um, in that section three, yeah. the fourth line from the bottom of the graph, it's the applicant, not the applicant. Okay. I put $5,000 in for the retaining outside experts as a deposit. That's what's in the ice house decision. 25% um, of the cost of restorative landscaping. I've talked to so many people at this point, I don't remember what's coming from whom, but 25% may have come from Tim, it might've come from Cliff, I'm not sure. That 25% that also was language that was in the ice house decision. Um, and I think, so Judy, I had said that I would, I, I don't have a number. Yet. So the town engineer right now is working on a calculation for that project because we're dealing with that issue right now um, as they try to get building permits. Um, I don't know if putting a hard number here is the best idea just because the size of the sites are different or whatever. So having that kind of relative figure of 25%, um, it's not a huge lift for us to, to generate that estimate kind of on demand. So um, I think this language is fine. Yeah, I think it works. Thank you. Okay. Um, making it clear that the construction management plan is subject to approval of the building inspector. Any references you hear see here where the words and architect were inserted are from Cliff. Um, I mean, some of this red line is just, it's just clarification. Plans and specifications is from Cliff. Um, some of this cleanup language on the final architectural plans is from Cliff. Um, I, as I said, I tried to get the reference to this landscaping plan consistent throughout. Judy, is that, just, just to go back to that, I'm sorry. Um, is that a, approval by the building inspector? Is that, is that okay? That counted yeah. like veto point or something? Yeah. Okay. Um, Judy, on, on M, I think we discussed, um, this is the request for geotech reports. Yeah. And I think we said, uh, I think we had discussed for M saying, if requested by the building inspector. You are correct, and I apologize, I forgot. To... Um, yes, you are correct. Right, so, so everything else is absolutely required in this one. Um, we're gonna defer the building inspector's judgment Thank you. if it's necessary. Thank you. Sometimes I'm going through here and I'm just trying yeah, to make no forget things, so that's fine. No, I think um, that you'll you'll delete all these footnotes then at that point too, right? Well, I will. I mean, some of this was some of these footnotes were just to remind the board. Yeah, that's helpful. Thank the you. Neighborhood was concerned about. I mean, you know, frankly, I share their concern about play space. <laughs> I find it annoying when developments don't provide it, but that's just me. Um let's see. I inserted as applicable in this, this is prior to the issuance of a building permit. 
So we typically say in these decisions, you got to get all your permits in line, you know, for everything you need, plumbing, electrical, and so forth. And Cliff just said, well, just remember that often the permits for those subs come later. So I just said, fine, we're just, it was a good point. Um, well, it, it says all necessary. Yeah. Well, I think that could be read as all the permits you're ever going to need to do this project by these trade people. And all Cliff was trying to say is that that doesn't necessarily happen up front. If you're fine with the way it's worded without adding as applicable, I'll take as applicable out. I just want to flag for you that that was his concern. Any thoughts on I'll, that? I'll leave it in. If, if Cliff uh, suggested I, I admire Cliff, I'd, I'd leave it in. I don't think it hurts. Okay. Um, some of this is just stuff we had talked about before, you know, incorporating all the requirements and commitments made at the applicant through the peer review correspondence during the public hearing. Um, I'm a little worried about that language being overly broad, but there it is. Um, final plans with the appropriate other parties involved. Um, 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 fire department will approve the um, location of fire safety equipment. It's kind of obvious, but it's there anyway. Um, prior to issuance of a CO for any portion of the project, a letter from the applicant's architect, landscape architect, and civil engineer. That's from Cliff. Can I ask why we say which shall not unreasonably withheld be withheld there, but don't say it anywhere else? Uh, I, I am not sure. I just know that is the specific language that Cliff had suggested, so um, we don't have to keep it there. I think we should take it out just because there are a lot of different approvals required throughout this. And kind of what I was asking about the billing inspector before, what if he unreasonably withholds approval of the CMP, for instance? The applicant goes to the Board of Appeals and requests an amendment to the permit. That's what happens. My point was just one of consistency, right? Like either it's assumed reasonable or restated, I think every single time. I didn't want to put the fire department like on the spot as if yeah. <laughs> there was no reason. Okay. Um, plans in digital file format. Um, one of the things Cliff, Cliff suggested this, and I, I get it. So there's going to be a construction management plan, but Cliff's point is it's going to change as the project goes forward. And that really what you want to say is you're giving us your preliminary construction plan and you're going to update it to the building inspector as the project goes forward. Great. Thank you. Looks amazing. <clears throat> uh, 
um, we had had this wording in here about no construction equipment being offloaded or staged on the public ways. And Cliff just pointed out, you know, with the exception of work performed in the public right of way itself. What would that be? I don't know if they're doing anything in the public right of way around access or something, then they would be working in the public way. I think that's okay. There, there might be utility connections and um, curving and, you know, sidewalks and whatnot that are within the bound of the public right of way. So I think this is saying that if to the extent of that work, sure, the vehicles can be there then. Uh, and that's 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 all right with me. I think the bigger point was while they're working on the, the private unit development, right? Yeah, you know, they're not having cars obstructing traffic because that's one of the safety concerns we heard. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, oh, I still have this in here. Um, I think this is from the planning board. And Brian, I think the last time we talked, I'm looking at D3 right now, this one. I think there was some concern that some of this may have come from the board after the hearing had closed. Yeah, and I think the I think where we left on that was not that we, you know, agree or disagree with it, but um we really didn't have a chance to vet it, have the applicant respond to it, or to have our peer reviewer give us advice on it. And not really knowing, you know, um, you know, what the cost of that is, what the is that better or is that worse than what we already have proposed? And I think we thought we had a detailed landscape plan. Um, and then we have it uh, being further reviewed by the building inspector and I think the planning director. I think that's why we changed planning director above. And so I think we thought rather than impose um, this very specific requirement, um, we would defer to the, you know, the finalization of the plans that get reviewed by the planning director and the building inspector. So I think we were deleting this as the answer, um, not uh, so much because we um, disagree with it as because we were going to address, you know, the quality of landscaping in a different way. Does anybody disagree? I don't think I disagree. I'd like to hear from Tim whether putting something in of this specificity, is this something that you, that's usual and that this is not an onerous requirement and doesn't make a lot of difference or? I mean, th th this specific set of, you know, three inches and 15 feet in height, um, you know, I, I've seen different calipers and different heights and different widths and different permits. Um, you know, the difference being, you know, when the planning board issues a special permit or a site plan approval or a subdivision approval, um, you know, we're not dealing with the sort of the, the cloud of, you know, the project being made uneconomic by a condition. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the, the, the principle behind, you know, having vetted this or not having vetted it, um, you know, is, is, is a good one. Um, I, I don't want to say for sure. I mean, I, I've seen I've seen conditions like this, and I've seen conditions like this met. Um, but also, you know, again, you know, without having had a chance to talk to the applicant about it, um, you know, I, I think it's a, a safe bet that they'd be okay. But also, um, if that's not a bet that the the board is willing to take, then I also understand that. 
know, pirates, I, I can recall, you know, Natalie from Verdant taking us through tours through the site and their plan in like great detail. And I just, I just don't know if every one of the trees was three inch caliper and every one was 15 feet in height and every one was, every shrub was 36 to 42. Right. I think what we know is we liked it and we're approving the plan we got, but, um, but what's good is that's not the last word, right? It has to get finalized and signed off on by, I think you, Tim as planning director. So if it turns out then the further detail, you know, it, it may, I'd hate to put us all in a box where there was a species that made sense. Mm -hmm. that now they can't plant because they don't meet this condition, right? right? right. And um, we just didn't have a chance to kind of vet it with the yeah, applicant sure. and say, if, you know, but um, so I don't think it's not that we're saying no, I just think we're sort of deferring to the finalization of the plan. Yeah. I tend to agree with Brian's analysis of this, but uh, Giselle, what do you think? I, I agree. I mean, I think we, in those hearings too, we were also very specific about getting them to commit to those plans, right? And saying, this isn't just a suggestion, this is the actual plan. So this seems like it would be sort of, um, maybe not, maybe, I don't know, maybe everything is within these parameters, but I think new, new tree plantings consistent with the plans presented um, will suffice. So I think, uh, Judy, where we're coming at is to delete that proposed condition in D3. And that's, uh, Tim, as long as we're not uh, yeah. being uh, less than solicitous of the uh, opinions of the planning board here, yeah, we don't want to get into a, uh, a spat with the planning board over something that probably is a non-issue here. That's, that's the only concern I have. So is this going? That's what I want to make sure I've got clear. Are we taking this out? Yes. Okay. Delete is wonderful. Why did you go to your next planning board meeting, Judy? <laughs> Um, let's see, just trying to see what else is important here. Some of these are just minor clarifying things. Um, I want to make sure you're comfortable with the snow and ice removal condition, which is D12. So with some edits in this, it says snow and ice removal shall be the responsibility of the applicant. Snow storage areas are shown on the approved plans. Snow and ice removal and offsite disposal shall be undertaken promptly after snowfall and shall not impede or obstruct the roadway, parking areas, pedestrian walkways, or any sight lines, and no snow shall be allowed to impede um, fire safety access or obstruct hydrants or access to or from any public way. Boy, is that a Jamesian sentence. Um, accumulated ice on the roadway and parking lot shall be promptly removed or sanded such that vehicles may pass safely. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Judy, on, the, um, on the, the tree issue that we were just on, the caliper, 
Yeah. Um, so I'm just scrolling through to check my memory. We, we did put in condition, I think it's on page 11, on page three, that's the, the planning director is confirming the tree removal and the tree preservation. Yeah, right. Um, in the landscaping plan. Um, but I'm wondering if, if on that one, that really is focused more on the removal. So maybe, maybe again, and I take Chair's point of view, we, we want to, um, you know, show some respect for the planning board's comments. So maybe we could just, in the list of plans, which we have the building inspector approving, plan K is the landscaping and tree protection plan, right? Maybe we can just yes. note that that one's also subject to the approval of the planning director. And that's an opportunity to ensure there's no, we're not, I think our goal is not to impose a rigid condition that would require them to come back to us, but yet still have the opportunity to, you know, meet the town standards. So I think that could be a way to make sure we're listening to all involved without putting ourselves in a place we can't walk back from. Is that Tim, work? Tim, is that putting you in a tough position? No, it'll be fine. Okay. My only comment is, as we keep going along here, Tim, uh, I think you deserve a raise. Yeah. <laughs> or, or another assistant to uh, to be of uh, help to you on assuming all these responsibilities. John, are you a town meeting member? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know a few and can have it. <laughs> okay, we get back to where we were. Um. So we taught, we covered this roadway and traffic safety conditions. There are no changes to police, fire, emergency, medical. Cliff had suggested inserting under F6 fire hydrant shall be placed as shown on the approved plans in accordance with the mass comprehensive fire safety code and, and as in locations approved by the Milton fire department. Okay. Fine with me. He also suggested under G10, making it clear all parking area and other site lighting shall incorporate glare cutoffs. We just had street lighting, or I just had street lighting. That's helpful. Yeah, that's very helpful. Yeah, he's really he's really good. Yes. Um. Perpetuity. I'm looking at I-6 right now. Debtor disease planting shall be replaced within six months and new planting shall be consistent with the approved landscaping and tree protection plan within the final plans. I just have one question, Judy, when it starts talking about in perpetuity. Yeah. yeah. That's a long, long time, my friend. When does that reasonably end? I mean, are they going to be doing this till the end of the world? Yeah. Well, and as long as it remains in multifamily use, subject to the terms of this permit, they can always come back and request a modification of their permit. Is maybe we got to say it then, John. I think it, look, if it's diseased, maybe it turns out it was the wrong planting. And so um, maybe, you know, say something like that, as with modifications proved by the planning director, we've got Tim on the hot seat. Let's keep him there, right? Um, bit, right yeah, maybe someone decides it wasn't the right planting and they shouldn't have to go amend a permit to make a change. Sounds fine to me. 
So how do you want to reword this, Brian? So just at the end, just how it is, but at the end of 16, you know, with any modifications to those plans to require the approval of the planning director. Tim, your successors are going to hate you. Oh, well. <laughs> you should be the 40B administrator for the time. Uh, and we can avoid a lot of these complications. So there we are. And then I added, um, I'll just scroll down here. I added the approved plans list. Uh, thank you, Tim, for your help compiling that. And the waivers, um, we already kind of went through those. So I just wanted to make sure that what was approved was actually marked approved. Um, and this is what my notes have from the last meeting. Waiver of fees is denied. Um, and then the local regulatory agreement. Well, Judy, thank you. That really, um, thank you for collecting the comments from the team. And it really reflected, I think, the conversations we've had over our past few meetings. So I think it's, um, you know, it's really in, in good shape and I think pretty consistent with what, you know, sort of our goals were and the feedback we've had along the way. Okay. I agree. Thank you. Do you have any, you have any different uh, uh, comments or matters, Judy, that uh, are there inferentially, or do you think that um, we should put in there that we haven't? No, I think this is fine. I mean, every one of these decisions becomes a little more specific and complete and it's some of it is the panel that's working on it you guys all have a different style which is fine um but i think they've kind of gotten better as they've evolved so i i always appreciate working with you because you make them better decisions i'm fine with it yeah. so, how about you do you have any suggestions here that we uh, that we're missing or do you think we're going to excess or no, I don't think we're going to access. Okay. I don't. So I think what I should do, unless you tell me otherwise, is I'll go through this one last time, get the red line out. I need to do a, do a new clean copy because removing one of those conditions changed the numbering. So um, I'll go back through this, do a clean copy, make sure all the footnotes are out, and you know, all those things. Um, and give Crystal the final version that you folks can sign. This is, I mean, to me, th this is now substantively complete. I mean, I, I'm, I'm imagining we can vote to approve this now yeah. and kind of conclude our deliberation, right? Yeah. And then it's just, you know, we'll just sign it after you clean it up and send it around. Yeah, I'm going to do that, like, before I leave today yeah. or tonight. Whenever I get the hell out of here, I don't know when that's going to be. <laughs> I'll do it. So you have it. All right. So you, you want to put it to a vote uh, here and now? Yeah, I think you should. Okay. 
So um, all those in favor of approving this uh, uh, draft decision with the additional changes that we've discussed uh, to be made by uh, uh, Judy Barrett, uh, subject to the final approval and signature of the board, uh, please say aye. 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 Okay. Roses to, roses to you, Judy. Thank you very much. Well, thank you all. This is, uh, thank you. Um, all right, I will get this back to you so you can sign it and make it go away. <laughs> and, and we're down to two more, I think we've got uh, Randolph Ave and Brush Hill Road. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Judy. I mean, just before we break, I mean, thanks to you very much for all your work. Tim, I know it's been, you've been along for this journey too. So like, thank you both. And if Cliff and Sean were here, I'd like to thank them for all their time. I mean, really, I think it was just a really professional job here. And then um, really, I think the applicant team, um, you know, was responsive and worked hard with us. And then uh, and I think I'd thank the neighbors and you know, their attorney, Mr. Corcoran, for, their, for his time. I think, you know, hopefully everyone feels like they had an opportunity to be heard in the process. Right. Yeah, I think it was a diligent, a diligent and, you know, well thought out process with a lot of people who all have the town's interests at heart and that we landed in the best possible place. So it's been nice working with everyone. Well, I second all those comments. And I, I, I do think uh, that uh, with the help of Judy, I, I don't know, I can't imagine despite uh, the talent that we have on this particular panel that um, I think we'd be working on this decision for the next six months uh, and it wouldn't come out 50% uh, as uh, technically precise as uh, Judy and I think Judy did a wonderful job and I I really think that uh, Cliff um, and Sean uh, without their um, not only their expertise but their uh, uh, their, their personalities and their willingness to uh, engage the applicants, uh, engineers on, and technicians on various issues um, in, in an inter, interactive process um, brought about this type of uh, decision. Otherwise, I think uh, the, the applicant would have uh, moved on to the hack as quickly as possible and instead they stayed with us and engaged and uh, so I want to thank Mr. Schomer and his his team and and the Tamposis for uh, ending up with a, a decision in a project that I think is a win for for everyone uh, and a sensible decision and not something that could be uh, uh, jammed down to the town by uh, by hack or other administrators who wouldn't have as sensitive an analysis as we have here. So uh, I, I second uh, the all uh, comment of Giselle and Brian. It's always so that, if there's no other uh, things before the board, uh, Brian, do you have anything else to? Uh, Nothing else for me. Hey, Giselle, how about you? Nothing for me. Okay, then I think, Judy, we can. Uh, adjourn this hearing and uh, get this decision signed up and uh, give you our best wishes on the two remaining applications. All right. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Okay. Thanks, Thanks all. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye, guys.